There are times in our lives when things get difficult and we need assurances that God is with us because we're tempted to wonder where is God when we're suffering, when things are not going our way. Well, this transfiguration of Jesus on the mount is a way for the gospel writer to encourage the disciples of Jesus. We heard uh, the three who were there, James and John, his brother, and Peter. Because there were tough times ahead. Jesus knew this. It didn't take a rocket scientist to know that things were not going to go easily. The prophets before him very often were exiled or stoned. Why do you think the prophets lived in the desert? Because they came into the community to challenge them, and they didn't stick around for the, the bruises that would come, the reaction that people didn't want to hear it. So they went back out into the desert. And Jesus himself also, a couple of times, a tough message went aside to pray. The crowd came out, of course, for miracles, for healing, for the good days. But when he said, take up your cross and follow me, they scattered. They didn't want to hear it. And so the transfiguration was for those disciples to encourage them when the tough times came, that Jesus did come from God. There was this marvelous manifestation of God's light in Jesus Christ himself. Now, Jesus did say, don't tell anyone about this because he wanted them to go through the process. Maybe doubt, maybe wonder. And then in the resurrection, see the light. Well, for us too, there are tough times ahead. Decisions to be made. Sacrifices to be made. Not just mom and dad sacrificing for their children, but their brothers and sisters, friends, who must, if we take Jesus seriously, learn to sacrifice for each other. It is not me, it is us. To build up each other, to build up our community. Not to tear down, not to be negative and critical to the point of meanness, as so often happens today in our society. And it creeps into our faith communities as well. And so we need some encouragement. This is Lent. We're supposed to be doing more prayer, some penance, and some almsgiving, those three pillars of the season. How are we going to be encouraged? Well, we already know of the resurrection. We know where our lives are going. We know from Jesus Christ as his disciples what our lives are all about. So we should be strengthening during, during this Lenten season our own response to God's call by prayer, penance, and some generosity to those in need. In the old days, we all did things together. Everyone fasted. Everyone gave up things, and we knew what people were giving up because generally it was something like no smoking for 40 days, no drinking alcohol for 40 days, or going to daily mass. And we all did it together. Well, things have changed. The church doesn't tell us 
what we should be doing anymore. Oh, there's fast and abstinence on Ash Wednesday and Good Friday and abstinence from meat on the Fridays of Lent. But the church doesn't tell us anymore. Maybe it's because in our society, in our culture, we don't want to be told by anybody about anything. I'm going to make up my own mind. All right? This Lent is our opportunity to do that. But we have to reconcile ourselves to the fact we're going to be alone. No one's going to notice what penances we do. No one's going to notice our increase in prayer. And can we persevere? We all need a little pat on the back from time to time, encouragement. Well, that's what the transfiguration was for Jesus' disciples. Where are we going to find our encouragement? Here in Eucharist. Experiencing the risen Lord in Eucharist. Once again, that marvelous gift of self that he made the night before he died, climaxed on the cross, is represented here in our celebration of Eucharist. This is my body given up for you. This is my blood shed for you. But still, our acts of penance or prayer during this Lenten season are pretty much our own. So how have we been doing the last 10 days? What have we been doing? The whole idea of Lent is to let go of selfishness a little bit more so that we can be that servant that Jesus Christ modeled for us, so that we can be there for others, build them up, give them a reason to live, give them a sense of their self-worth by the way we treat them, by the way we talk to them. That's what we are so, uh, trying to learn during Lent a little bit more. Every Lent, we have another step in that ability to be more selfless, whether it's husbands and wives, parents and children, friends, or at workplace. We're supposed to be distinguishable as disciples of Jesus Christ by how we talk, by what we do. We're supposed to be the revelation of God's unconditional love as Jesus was because we're his disciples. Paul said, we're baptized into Jesus Christ. We're the body of Christ. How else is the world going to know of, of the Lord except through you and me? And if not through you and me, through whom? Who else is going to do it? Whom should we ask to do what we are not willing to do? So this Lent gives us a chance to develop a little more self-restraint. Oh, as I mentioned, people in the past gave up some dramatic things. We are also asked to do some dramatic things. A little more generosity. A little more making peace in our world. Many years ago, when we were hearing more and more about the dangers of smoking, I gave up smoking. I think I was in my late 30s, early 40s. So long ago, I can hardly remember it, but after about a week or two, I got a little frustrated and no one noticed. I almost started smoking again. I mean, I wanted a little, you know, good old boy. Um, we're really impressed. So I had to persevere on my own. 
It took weeks for some people to notice that I wasn't borrowing cigarettes. <laughs> but eventually, I did persevere. And of course, it was for my own good, but also for those around me who didn't have to inhale second, secondhand smoke. But it wasn't easy. And today, you are asked to do something that enables you to develop a little more self-restraint a little more self-discipline, a little more generosity, a little more patience and forgiveness for others, to build up your neighbor, to build up your spouse, your parents, or your children, to give them a sense of their, their value by the way you treat them, to compliment them from time to time. Don't take each other for granted. Compliment each other, whether your parent or your child, or a friend, or somebody at work. You'd be surprised the, the spark in someone's eye when you, you, you compliment them. I've said this so many times in so many parishes because I learned it myself many years ago. And so that's what we are all about. Jesus went about blessing, touching, healing. And so must we go around but our daily lives, bless people, touch them with kindness, a compliment. Let them know how valuable they are before God and before us by the way we care for them. So as we enter Eucharist again this morning, after 10 days of Lent, we have an opportunity to strengthen our resolve to give ourselves for others, to be that servant, to take it on the chin sometimes instead of reacting with revenge, with anger. We heard that during the, during the weeks before Lent in the Sermon on the Mount. Three, three weeks we heard the Sermon on the Mount. And one of the, one of the weekends we heard, go the extra mile, give your tunic as well as your cloak, turn your cheek. That's not easy. The world in which we live doesn't find that a virtue. But we're disciples of Jesus Christ. Should we not be a little bit noticeable in the way we live and treat each other? So this Eucharist is our experience of the risen Lord to go out and do, to go out and be a revelation the face of Almighty God as Jesus was, as best we can with our frailty, our struggles. But this Eucharist impels us to be out there and being that disciple. So let us enter into this Eucharist, make that commitment, renew that commitment, energize that commitment so that we can be more what we want to be and more the person God calls us to be.